My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're paramedics unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics unscripted. Welcome back into Paramedics Unscripted. My name is Jason. I'm here with my co-host Bobby for episode number one one. That's right. We're on episode eleven. Bobby, how you doing, brother? Hey, Jason. How are you? Good, Bobby. How are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> how How was your Thanksgiving, man? What's up, bro? It was very uh, filling. Yeah, I hear that, man. Yeah, happy very Thanksgiving good. to everybody. We were. Uh, Trying to do one that week, but everybody knows how you get caught up with family and stuff like that. So we didn't get to do one that week, but uh, we hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, it's my favorite holiday of the of the year. I just like the whole family aspect and the football and all that. You just like you just like getting stuffed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it it's it was cool. Like we had a. Uh, my parents were up here, and then we had like the in laws and stuff like that. It was just a lot of fun, a lot of people, and it was just like a good time. How about yours? It was good, man. It was uh, a lot of uh, uh, my uh, my parents ended up going to my sister and brother in laws, and uh, we just ended up having some uh, some friends over here, and my my uh, wife's brother and my sister in law, and it was a good time. You know, we uh, it was kind of cool because uh, one of my buddies that came over, he's uh, he's Korean, so we also did a Thanksgiving slash Korean barbecue thing. So it was freaking. Oh my god. It was excellent. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I was. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, we did. Uh, I, I, I'll just go on record here. I hate turkey. I don't mind deli turkey, like sliced nice deli turkey for a sandwich. That's fine. But well, shit, you would like coming over here, then, bro. I know. We had, some, we had freaking ribeyes and fillet along with the turkey. Uh, yeah, we did. We did ribs here, which was really good. I love doing ribs on the Traeger. So we did. Um, wait, wait, wait. wait. Are you, you're not talking about the Mick rib, are you? Uh, these, okay. <laughs> these are real ribs. Cause it's out now. It's out. I know everybody gets all excited about these, <laughs> these silly sandwiches. No, these were real, real ribs. Um, and, uh, we did three racks of ribs and it was, it was, it was phenomenal. And, uh, cause I, I, turkey's okay, but it's just so boring. And my wife, um, we did, she always does a, um, we, we played around with this a couple years ago and she nailed this, um, uh, what do you call it? the injector, the butter injectors. And then she does like a bacon wrapped Turkey. So the whole thing's wrapped in like lattice bacon. It, it's good. Oh, wow. and it stay, and yeah, it stays really moist because it trap obviously helps trap that in there and the juices from the bacon and stuff like that get in there. But um, it's good, but it's still turkey. <laughs> so I've always joked, even though it's moist. Yeah, yeah, but I've also I've <laughs> joked with my wife. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know why because most people, if, in my opinion, most people, if you if you actually like do a survey, that's not there. Like if you had to pick your meat, you know, or whatever, you have to have like a, a protein meat like thing. They're not going to pick turkey. You know, I'd ra- I was telling my wife, I was like, honestly, I'd rather have like a bucket from KFC or something like right. that. Like that's more flavorful than, than a turkey usually is, even though her turkey is the best turkey that by far that I've had because of the, with the bacon wrap, it's incredible. But it, there's still so many other great things out there. So that's cool right. that you did like a filet and like ribeyes and stuff. Because I've actually told her, I was like, hey, maybe next year we should do that. Like, you know, skip the turkey part and make everybody little steaks or something, you know, filet, whatever you want to do. But I was like, that might be kind of cool, too. So. Oh yeah, like I was saying, my my buddy came over and um, 
he's Korean, even though he jokes and he's like, he's like, even though I'm Korean, Bobby, I'm still whiter than you are. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's a great guy. You know, he, he loves his heritage too. And, uh, and he's awesome at uh, doing this Korean barbecue. And he does, you know, like we basically, we, you know, we either go to his house or he come to our house and he, you know, kind of hosts us like Korean barbecue, whether we're at his house or our house. And, uh, we just happened to join it into Thanksgiving this time, which it worked out perfectly because, you know, you just had a, you know, you had, you had your Turkey if you wanted Turkey or you had your, your beef if you wanted beef and everything in between. And it was, it was great. Yeah. And all the fixes like stuffing and potatoes and yeah, that's awesome. Your casseroles Don't, and stuff is so good. Yeah. I love, I love Thanksgiving and I love, I love, the, I love the leftovers cause you just have like, like just all this awesome food for like a week. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm 40 on the leftovers. I'm just I can't do any more turkey leftovers, man, because that stuff's like spackle in my bowels. Well, that's why, I, like, so. I told my wife like <laughs> this year, because because in my opinion, there's never enough stuffing at a Thanksgiving. You know, they always people make like one or two batches, and you're like, oh, that's that's cool. Like, what? Right. Where do we eat tomorrow? They're like, well, you get turkey. I'm like, I don't really want turkey. So so we had turkey. We had all this leftover. But turkey. you can have like, it so many different ways. Yeah, I was like, no, I I just I mean, I I had it, you know for the next week or whatever, or whatever, a few days, or whatever I had it. And I would just take a couple of pieces of Turkey and then, you, but then you have all that other stuff that makes it awesome, you know? So I don't know. I still say the, one of the best things, and this is going to sound horrible, but one of the best Thanksgiving we had back when I lived in Virginia and we, we went to the um, shout out to Wawa. Uh, we went out to, we went to Wawa and Wawa, if you haven't gone or gotten it before around Thanksgiving. I was there this morning. The, yeah. They have the gobbler sub. I don't know if you ever had that. I don't know if it's now that Thanksgiving's passed. I don't know if they still have any more. But up till Thanksgiving, I never had that, was, man. Dude, I, I, I don't dude. think I ever saw that. Dude, is it like the Thanksgiving dude. stuff? It's got all the cranberry sauce yes. and the. Turkey. It has. It has. Oh, tur- yeah. It has turkey. I saw they, this year. They had a. They had a gobbler bowl. Yeah, that's the, the same thing. It's just without the bread, obviously. But no, they have a sauce. Yeah. When this was years ago, I lived in Virginia, but I remember we used to go and. Um, and it, yeah, it's like turkey that's been like, you know, marinated in gravy basically. So it's fucking phenomenal. And then they, and then they put stuffing on there. So they'll put like stuffing on top of it on your sub. And then if you want to, they'll put cranberry sauce on there too. Like the, right. the, the chunky cranberry stuff. It, dude, well, I get, I had my wife try it. This was years ago when we lived in Virginia. Like I said, this is not Thanksgiving. And, um, we ended up, you know, she tried it. She's like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, this is the best sub I've ever had. And then, and then one year for Thanksgiving, we had like no family coming up. It was just one of those weird things where everybody was out of town and, and people couldn't make it and different stuff going on. So it was just me, me, her, and my wife. I mean, uh, me, her, and my daughter. And uh, right. so we ended up just going. My daughter's real young, so she probably had like mac and cheese or something, but and nuggets or something. But we went out and we actually just got gobblers instead of doing all the cooking and doing all that stuff where you clean up and then you have to. You're really just doing it for two people because the kid's not going to eat like turkey and all that stuff at that young age. So we had that. It was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I tell you what, and that, that that kind of brings up a good point. Like for the past two years, what my wife and I have done is, you know, a lot of restaurants now are putting these packages together where they will fix everything for you. And then you pick it up the day before. And then all you have to do is they give you like these reheating instructions since they were the ones that actually prepared it right. to begin with. And, um, they're really, they're really good. I mean, we, it's, it's a sizable, like we got like a, probably it was easily like a, between six and eight pound Turkey. And, um, we got all the fixings, whether it's mashed potatoes, stuffings, you know, uh, you know, mac and cheese, 
you know, salad. Um, usually like if you want beer, they'll give you beer with it or whatever, you know, cause we're, where we usually get this one, it's a restaurant that's actually at a brewery, would which they, is, would, um, would they give you a white claw? No, but they gave us truly. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yes, <laughs> that was the pineapple. But uh, <laughs> it's amazing. But <laughs> but no, they they it's really good how they put these packages together. So 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 we did it last year. It's like, well, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it this year. And except so we got it from uh, this brewery that we got it from last year. It's like this big compound. <laughs> And uh, they actually just put up a brand new restaurant on the compound too, aside from what they already had. So we just decided to order, you know, and of course the restaurant on the compounds can considered a different entity other than the brewery, even though it's all like, together in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, you know, we, we ordered from there and you know, like I said, I went, I drove down there and picked it up, you know, the day before. And, uh, and then the next day we just, you know, you just you just reheat certain things to a certain extent, and then of course Charles came over and did his thing with the, uh, with you know grilling up the the ribeyes and the and the fillets, and you know of course there was like you you know how we roll, Jason. There was plenty of alcohol over here too. Hell yeah. And um, it's uh, you know, but you might not like it because there wasn't white claw, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, I like white claw. Yeah, it's fucking I'm awesome. To, I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And it kicks your but, ass uh, before you know it. Oh yeah, it's clean. Yeah. But <laughs> but no, it was a good time. And uh I mean I Are you are you gonna give this restaurant a shout out or are we gonna just play ambiguity the whole time? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm should actually give it a shout out. The uh the restaurant is called Black Sheep. Okay. And if you live in the Manassas area of Virginia, I don't live in the Manassas area, so I drove way out to get it because that's how good it is. The Black Sheep Restaurant is connected to this brewery, or it's on the same compound as brewery. It's part of the brewery, but it's, I guess, considered a separate entity of the Two Silos Brewery, which is this oh, brewery. Cool. You know, and uh, they've got great craft beer, and they've got, you know, and then the Black Sheep, the restaurant, great food. And if anybody is in the uh, Manassas, Virginia area, not too far from the battlefields and kind of between the battlefields and Manassas regional airport, you know, along uh, route 234, you will see it. And plus if you have kids and you want to go to a brewery, you know, a lot of breweries and wineries don't, you know, they don't allow kids. This place wants you to bring the kids. Cause there's a lot of stuff like, like little park stuff that the kids can do like while you're at the brewery That's cool. and it's a, they've got live music. It's like, it's, it's a whole, it's like a party atmosphere kind of thing. It, it's just kind of a, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, plan to be there a lot of the day. If you're going to like go there and hang out. Yeah. I've been telling my wife too, so, for a while. I wanted like, kind of like what you said, I want to try uh cause I love cruising. We already know this stuff, but uh, I want to do a cruise ship like Thanksgiving. Like I think that'd be fucking phenomenal. Cause again, right. they're going to make all the food. You know it's going to be fucking A plus, right. you know, and you don't have to do any cleaning <laughs> and dishes and stuff like that. And you can, you know, of course, like it's cruise line, you eat as much as you want or whatever you want. You can have doubles and whatever certain things if you want. Like no one cares. And uh, I think that'd be really fun. I'm trying to convince my wife to do that one year. We'll see. We'll see if that works out. My wife actually did that. It was the Christmas before we met. Uh, her oh really? And her, best friend, her and her best friend did a. I don't think it was royal. I think it was actually. I think it was celebrity or um, 
It was might have been Carnival, but it might have been Royal. I'm not sure. But yeah, they did that for Christmas. That's cool. Christmas. They, they said it was a it was just a freaking blast. Yeah, they're. I know. Yeah. I know. As a travel agent, they're they're more expensive, obviously, because you you know you're you're paying for that experience. Um, on, and on any of the major holidays and stuff like that. But it would be phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like I we had um before all this pandemic crap started. Uh, my wife's birthday is on July 4th, and we had uh we had planned a cruise that was going to be on her birthday. Like her birthday would be, I don't remember if it was the first or second day. I don't remember anymore. But so, I mean, how cool was that? I was like, you're getting to spend this, you know, birthday on a cruise ship with friends, with family. And like, how fun would that be? You know what I mean? And it's like, and of course it's, I mean, if anybody who's never been on a cruise ship, it's, you're, it's a, well, I go on seven night cruises. It's a seven night party. That's all it is. It's a huge party. You just have fun. You do whatever you want. It's relaxing as hell or as strenuous as you want it to be, depending on what you like to do. And it's just a lot of fun. I was like, wow, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, I'd love to do a birthday cruise for me, but it's mine just during the, uh, my daughter's school year. So it's a little hard you know, to do that. You're so crazy, Jason. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Though. I'd love to, uh, yeah, I'd love <laughs> I'm to kidding. hear, no, I'd kidding. Love to hear um, your wife's like, like take on that. Cause that's, that's really cool. Cause I know that's a big deal. A lot of people like doing that, especially like yeah, new years and stuff like that. Cause, cause if you do it right, depending on how the weeks fall in the year, you might be able to get a Christmas new year's cause it could all be on the same leg you know what i mean depending so right and she said uh um you know it was it was like i said it was I think it was the christmas before we met and uh you know her and her friend were both single and they both lived right near each other and they both didn't have anything going on so they're like screw it let's just let's let's do this and you know they went they went out in the caribbean for christmas and it was awesome. uh it was i don't think it was a seven day cruise i think it was like a five day yeah, five um, or four day or something. Yeah, you can do yeah. that too. Yeah, you know, just kind of a, you know, just a kind of a quick trip or quick for a cruise anyway. Yeah, and they they loved it. They they had a great time, and um, you know, it was like at that particular time since they had nothing going on, it was a perfect thing to do. Well, yeah, like if you live in Florida um, now, again with the pandemic stuff that happened, everything's a little crazy, and the, you know, they're slowly everybody's slowly bringing their ships back and all that other stuff, but it's like. They have, there's a lot of, before there were specific cruise ships that would do like, you know, instead of doing a seven day, they do a four day, then a three day, then a four day, then a three day. So it's still, they're just breaking it up. So yeah, you could actually go for like a weekend, you know, right that week. That's pretty awesome. If you live in Florida, if you have to, you know, fly down there or drive down there, you might want to get a little more time than in three or four days potentially. But, um, but yeah, it's perfect if you're in that area or can get down there fairly cheap, you know, that's awesome. Hey man, I'm always game for a cruise. Yeah, I love cruising, man. Yeah, we need to do it. We need to do one together. Like I think that'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, because I mean, uh, and this is just my opinion, but I think cruises. I mean, especially the amount of mileage that you cover in a short amount of time, and as many places that you go, and it's I mean, it's all inclusive, obviously, except for you know when it comes to your excursions or alcohol or whatnot. Yeah, it 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 you can't beat it. Well, it's funny. For, it's funny for you what say, you get to do. It's funny you and, say that. And yeah, I'm gonna and I'm gonna plug. I'm gonna plug. I'm gonna plug once again because I love them. Pound for pound, and again, this is my opinion. Pound for pound, if you're gonna cruise, the best cruise line you can go on, and I'm sure Jason will agree, is Royal Caribbean. Oh yeah, A plus. Yeah, my wife. I mean, it, it, the best for the money. I mean, literally. I mean, it's 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 just first class all the way. And for the money and just the, the, the employees are great. They're nice. Everybody that works for them. I've never been on Royal Caribbean where I've, I've never met an asshole. Yeah. 
the only asshole I've met like on, on a cruise was, was probably, you know, another patron of the cruise. That's probably because they were drunk off their ass. Right, right. You know, and they didn't know what they were doing. Right. But I mean, it was, it, it was just, uh, you know, it, it, you can't beat it. Yeah. My wife said that actually we went to, I don't know, before, right before COVID, we went down to the beach and, um, and Gulf Shores, Alabama area. And we were going down there and we had the whole week, you know, we had the resort thing and all that stuff. And, um, we were doing all that. And then we were driving around to go get dinner one night, you know, and, and, uh, I would love to go on a cruise like twice a year easily. You know, my wife wants to like do that, but then do other things too. So we're driving around though, getting dinner and we had to drive out a little bit further than we thought to go get this restaurant we want to go to, whatever. And we're driving. Um, and then she's like, yeah, she's like, I've been thinking about it. And I actually have to agree with you that I think, I think cruising is definitely the most economical like way to do a cruise. Ship. I mean, um, a vacation. Yeah. And, and she, and I was like, yeah. And uh, she's like, yeah. Cause I was just thinking like we, you know, we are, of course we booked the hotel already and whatever. We had all that stuff set up on the beach and then, you know, and then you have to, you're driving around obviously cause we brought our car down there and then it's like, and then it was like, Oh, and then we had to pay every time we went out to eat, you know, you have to pay for stuff. And, right. and she's like, yeah, this is like, this adds up, you know? And I was like, yeah. Whereas like, but on a cruise, you would just pay this one amount, and then if you want to add a couple things like alcohol package or excursions, like you said, you can add a couple. Which is worth it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's that's a yeah. We can have a whole discussion about that. I have another a whole podcast about that. But <laughs> but yeah, like it's just it, I was like yeah, it's 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 a great way to like just budget. If people that like to budget stuff, it's awesome. And it's not as opposed to like a, a all inclusive resort, which are, those are great as well. But those you're just at the resort which is nice. I'm not saying it's not nice, but you're not going anywhere else. Whereas this one, you go to all these different stops, you know? So kind of cool, you know, depending, depending on what you like, it just depends on what you like to do. And stuff like that. You know, and believe it or not, some of the most fun, you know, parts of the trip are when you're just out at sea. Yeah. You know, not, not, not when you go into port, like for instance, and, and the other thing is too, say there's like a particular port that, you know, you're not very fond of, you know, it's like, uh, it's, I could give or take this. It's like, you're not there for that long before you're off to somewhere else. So it's, it, it it's a win-win situation. Well, you know, yeah. like for instance, I'm going to use this as an example and you know, I might get, people might get pissed off, but you know, that's okay. Um, last cruise I went on, I ran around, uh, you know, in the Caribbean, I went to the, the side of the Caribbean where I went to, to Haiti, to, uh, Labadee. to, uh, Jamaica. Yeah. I went to Labadee, you know, which is Haiti. Yeah. Which the cool thing when we were in Haiti was when we first got to Labadee, we uh, were, uh, we jet skied around that part of the island. And of course, you know, it's not that far. The cool thing is it happened to be Columbus Day when uh, we were there and we were jet skiing around the island and we stopped for a second and our guide was like, where you guys are just kind of coasting right now is one of the first places in the Caribbean that Columbus hit. Wow, cool. in the route to discover what we know now as you know America, and um, I thought you know just at that particular time, I'm like that's pretty badass, you know. Yeah. And um, but plus it looks, I mean, it looks like you're in Treasure Island, you know, that part, that part of Haiti. It looks like you're in Treasure Island, you know. So and it's that that's a particular part of the island that Royal Caribbean owns. And so, but uh, you get went from there to uh, we went to uh. Uh, Ocho Rios, Jamaica. Oh, actually, no, we went to the next stop was uh, Grand Cayman. And Grand Cayman, okay. I like the Cayman Islands, but Grand Cayman, not really my thing, unless you're out in the water. 
you know, but like being on the, on the land itself, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're in town, there's a lot of banks, there's a lot of touristy stuff and that's just not my thing. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be out more on the, uh, the real parts of the island where, you know, like the, I guess I should say the local portions, you know, that you get the real deal, you know, or out in the water. I mean, the, the cool thing about Grand Cayman was that's where, you know, we took the boats out probably about a 30 minute trip out into the middle of the water to where then the boats would create a circle. There's like a sandbar out in the middle of the, you know, of the, the Caribbean, you know, right off the Island, you know, probably about 30 minutes out, there's a sandbar where the boats would congregate and that's where the stingrays would come up and you could swim with stingrays. Oh, that's cool. And it was just, I mean, they would just come right up on you and it was great. But I mean, that was, even though it was beautiful, you know, Grand Cayman was probably my, except for the Stingray portion of it, Grand Cayman was probably my least favorite part of the trip. Yeah, we do, we do the same yeah. thing, like you said. Like, I, I am more, I don't like tourist traps. I've never liked that. Yeah. Not, not even just with cruising, just with anything. Like, you know, y'all know that. Like, people come to visit your, people from out of town come to visit where you live. And then they're right. like, oh, yeah, like, especially like I grew up in the D.C. area. And so people are like, oh, you want to go to the, the, the memorial? No, not really. Like, no. <laughs> you wanna, yeah, do you want to go to the Smithsonian? No, not really. You know, so like it's the same sort of thing. So with us, like most, like we said, we always do seven-night cruises. We're doing an eight-night coming up, but we do seven-night. Right. Well, on those, you usually have three, maybe four stops, right? Right. Uh, we always pick one or two of the stops to stay on the ships because right. the ships are like, their countries in themselves, you know, and there's so much to do on those. They really are. Yeah. Cause we go on, I've only been on Oasis class ships cause I love the Oasis class ships. Um, and there's so much to do on there that like when you have a port day like that and like, like for instance, we'll skip, um, uh, I'm having a brain fart here, uh, Nassau, right? Because we've been in Nassau tons of times. So we don't like that one. We'll be like, ah, unless we have like some excursion we really want to do or something. And we've also done those before, but if we just not in the mood, we'll just stay there. Or like Falmouth, Jamaica or something like that. It's like, there's eh, not much going on there. So we'll stay on the ship and then let the other people get off and then we'll go enjoy the pools and all that other stuff and do all that other kind of stuff without lines, you know, or stuff like that. So it's just, it's, it's just your thing. And I, and I told my wife, I said, she's like, what would be your ultimate cruise? I said, my ultimate cruise would be to like leave Fort, like Fort Lauderdale or wherever, Port Canaveral, something like that, and then go out in the ocean and spin around in circles for seven days and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause that, cause then you don't have to do it. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Cause that's like, you're paying for all. And that's why I do like, um, the private islands. Like you said, like now they have like Coco Cay and all that stuff. Like that's cool because that's, that then becomes a cool destination because all your shit that you paid for on the cruise, for instance, your internet package, your drink package, stuff like that, that all works there. Because otherwise if you stop at like Falmouth, Jamaica, let's say and you get off cause you're like, Oh, I want to go check this thing out or whatever. Anything you do while you're on the Island, you have to pay for you want to stop and get some food you want to get a drink you got to pay for that out of pocket even though you already paid to have it on the ship for free as much as you want you now have to pay on top of it so it's like not a, i'm not saying it's horrible but it's something to consider you know whereas when you're on the ship it's just like whatever you want to do man yeah just go do it can we go do this yeah well, go and, there and, and like you it. said like you said jason i mean these ships are like basically like a country in themselves i mean it's like a it literally is a floating city yeah i mean oasis class ships yeah. with with their uh with their um staff on board as well including the staff it's like ten thousand people on that ship but you you'll never know it you, you i mean you'll, you'll you don't there's no like they design those ships so well and so much stuff to do that it keeps everybody spread out and you know like you don't really notice there's not a huge like 
I mean, the pool decks are kind of crowded like any cruise ship because, you know, but even then they have like four pools on the pool deck, you know? So, so there's, they're even taking that, that all those people that like to, you know, I'm not one of those people, but those people that like to just get there at six in the morning and lay in the sun for 14 hours or whatever. Uh, that sounds horrible to me, but people like to do that. Even those people have to be spread out in four different zones. You know what I mean? Right. And even then it, um, the Royal, the way it's designed on those, they have so many areas. Yeah. You might not be right at the pool edge, but you can sit like five feet back or six feet back, 10 feet back, whatever, and always find somewhere to lay down and do whatever. If you like to do that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I don't know how we got on a travel podcast here, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. What, the, what but, the hell is this? Is this like travel unscripted? What's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shout, shout <laughs> hey, out. But if anybody, if anybody from Royal Caribbean, Caribbean is listening to this, we love you all. Give us a shout out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and shameless plug for the Jaycation Travel Podcast. Anyway. Um, wait, 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 wait. What? What? The Jaycation Travel Podcast. I heard they're pretty cool. Who's that? I have no idea. Wait, um, isn't that sponsored by White Claw? <laughs> and truly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but hey, I wanted to get into our, uh, now that we've um, got our readers, our listeners, I mean, uh, a little off track here. I did want to talk about. down to business. Yeah, let's get down to business with the EMS stuff. Um, I sent you this article. I know we talked about it earlier off air and stuff like that. Um, there's an article that came out um, in the EMS world, uh, in EMS world uh, online stuff, and um, an article by uh, Catherine Benoit, I hope I'm saying her name right, called The Dangers of Too Little Sleep. And I thought this was an inter- interesting uh, topic to talk about because it relates to obviously EMS, hence, hence it's in EMS World Magazine. But um, we've dealt with this in our um, careers as we've gone on through our uh, careers here, and you're still in the career and um, basically what it says, and some of this isn't really that surprising, but when you think about it from like, take yourself out of the picture a little bit, think about it, it's kind of scary. Um, they ha- that she cites in here that there was a 2012 study that, th- that found that 90% of the EMS responders believe that their behaviors were compromised, uh, that their behaviors compromised the safety of themselves and their patients uh, within the last three months. That was something I read in there that I thought was kind of interesting because um, we've kind of talked about this in multiple episodes about how we do shift work and yes, we get to sleep at night and stuff like that. But where I worked in my County that I worked in when I was on the busiest medic medic unit, um, there were times when I would run, like my record was 21 calls in 24 hours in a 21 call, 24 hour period. There are little blocks here and there where you might not be doing stuff, little teeny blocks, maybe a two hour block here and there, but you're constantly running. And um, so I wanted to talk about that and see what you thought about it. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely a real thing. Um, I've, I mean, I've, there's been many of times, many of times where I have gotten little, if, if no sleep. And I think it, it, it's important for people to know if they don't know already that, you know, when you're say running a serious shift, like, like you just spoke of Jason, when you went in 21 calls in 24 hours, I mean, that's and granted all those calls are not, transport right so right you right. get a lot of refusal of service from people right. that have called or you get place and service or something yeah right um but uh we did i think we had yeah. 14 transports that day i think that's what it was yeah and that that's and and this is this is me saying this this is where i completely believe in where and don't get me wrong what i'm about to say i'm not knocking a basic like an EMT and a paramedic on a truck, but I'm saying just specifically from sleep deprivation. What really helps out a lot is when you have two 
paramedics on a rig because you can switch out. Yeah, I agree with that you too. Know, you can switch out like you can take turns, you know, running calls like who's driving, like and then who's who's providing patient care because you know, if you're if you're that busy, let's just face it, you're not going to be able to drive all the time. You're too freaking tired. So if you can switch out like that or take turns or have that option, just to even have that option is a blessing. Yeah, you know, I agree. When you have when you have a situation where you have, say, an EMT and a paramedic, and let's be honest, a lot of calls, you know, that start out as basic turn to, you know, advanced life support, um, you don't have that option. Yeah, and I agree because I've done both. I've had um, shifts where I've done an EMT and a paramedic. Um, that was probably about half my career. Um, and then I've done half the career where you have, when you, like you said, where you get that bonus thing where you got the two paramedics and the two paramedics way is awesome because, um, obviously what we used to do is we used to switch for every transport. So if you had like seven placed in service calls, well, you're still the lead medic or whatever, but once you do a transport, then you switch at the hospital and then the, you guys, one, you know, the, you know, you become the driver or whatever. And I actually like that too, because there's nothing better sometimes than, especially like you said, when you're on a busy, busy shift and you're running tons of calls to, to kind of go brainless for a little while and just drive. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Cause when you just drive, you're like, you know, I mean, obviously your partner needs help. You're going to help them out and stuff like that. And you can obviously do that kind of stuff if you need to, or get a firefighter to drive if it's really bad or something like that. But for the most part, you're just like, what? Okay. <laughs> you know, and you just, now, and you're just responding to the hospital. For our listeners that are just tuning in that may not know when you say put in service calls, what do you mean by that? Um, just calls like where either, Sometimes the caller will can't in, in our County. Sometimes the caller can cancel the call. Um, they can call back and say, Hey, I don't need the ambulance anymore. Um, certain calls, they, they would not allow them to do it. Sometimes we still have to go there depending on what the call was. Um, and sometimes like, let's say sheriff's office put us in service because it was something like where the sheriff's office needed us, but then they don't need us anymore. So just stuff right. like that, where you're, you're responding to a call and they just tell you to go in service or maybe a closer unit marks up. There could be times when, um, like I said, in our county, there was a hospital in the middle and a hospital down south. So if, if, if one of those units clears that hospital and they're closer than you are to the scene of the next call, they're going to take that and put and you'll get put in service by dispatch. So those still count as a call for you for the day because you still have to write a report. You still have to write like seven document report about it or whatever. But it's pretty basic and, um, and you, uh, you know, it is still a call technically. So those are the ones we're talking about. So those are, those are the ones we would not count. Or like you said, if we go to a house, we check on a, I don't know, let's say a kid or something like that with a parent there. And then the right. parent says, Hey, they don't need to go to the hospital. And we get what's called a patient refusal. Well, they're refusing to go to the hospital. We have to sign some paperwork so that we're not liable. If God forbid something bad were to happen. And then we get back in the truck. And if I was the tech or the, or the lead paramedic, I'm still the lead paramedic. Cause we didn't do a transport. Once we do a transport, then that's when we would switch at the hospital. And that way it keeps, right. it keeps everybody cool too, because you know, I, just like anything else, if you don't drive emergency vehicles for a long period of time, when you get back into it, that can be, you might not be as sharp, you know, and it does help though. But like the other thing I was going to say too, is in our department, we had a rule and we kind of talked about this on another podcast before, um, where we had the union time. It was like after, I don't remember if it was four or five o'clock where after that point on a 24 hour shift at four or 5 PM, I think it was five. Um, you could kick back and pretty much do whatever you want, just run calls, you know, and do your normal station duties and stuff like that. But otherwise you could do whatever you wanted. Um, I always told my partners and I went against the, the management in this one, uh, but never got busted for it. Cause I could always justify it. 
was like, I would tell my partner, as soon as we got to work and we checked out the truck and we did our lame conference call every morning, I would tell my partners, hey, if we're not doing shit and there's obviously no call going on and we don't have like some training or some other stuff we're doing, dude, go to bed if you want to. Because you don't, you don't know if you're going to get, like, especially at that firehouse I was telling you about where we run a ton of calls all the time. Like, you know, you might, this three hour block right now we have might be the only really long block you might have. So if this is going to help you, you know, and they're like, some of my partners, the EMT ones, especially they were usually the younger guys and they'd be like, oh, we're not supposed to. And I'm like, you, you can go to sleep. You're my driver. I need you to be fresh because I'm in the back and I'm trusting my life to you while you're up front by yourself, you know? Well, and what you said right there is in, to me is, is, is crucial, especially since you said you were working at a busy house. Um, that you don't, and that, that's the key right there. You don't know when and where you're going to be able to get sleep because you don't know how busy it's going to be right. for the next 24 hours or 48 hours, how, however long it is that you're working. So you need to get sleep when you can. And that for, for me, and I think that's great what you said, Jason, for me, when I was working, especially when I was on a 48-hour shift, like I've said before, yeah. Um, if you have a good captain or a good battalion chief that supports you knowing that you're busy and that you're there for two days straight, you know, you don't know how busy it's going to get and you don't know when and where you're going to be able to get sleep. So you, if you have a good battalion chief or a captain, they will let you, hey get sleep when you can, meaning that, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, departments or firehouses will, you know, you'll have what we used to call, you know, duty time where, you know, the beginning of shift till around three or four in the afternoon or 15 or 1600, you know, you, you, you're, you're doing duties. If you're not running calls, you know, you're doing like, you know, house duties or just, you know, maintenance duties or whatever to the, to the apparatus and equipment and whatnot. Yeah. And then after that, is what we, you know, as you know, we refer to as union time, where that any time after three or four o'clock, you know, that's your time to do whatever the hell it is that you want to do in between calls. But when it comes to the medical side of things, especially if you're a busy house and you're there for a long period of time, 24 to 48 hours, you don't know how busy you're going to be or if you're going to be able to sleep at all. So you, if you have good brass that work above you, they will let you get sleep whenever and they will let you kind of skip the duty part of it and say, Hey, you don't know when you're going to go get sleep. So go get sleep now. Well, and that's the thing we had a problem in our department, in my opinion, and that's what keeps it safe. Well, and, and in my opinion, um, in our department, we had a problem with that because like you said, if you have cool brass, da da da, this stuff works like it should. But the problem with our department was we had a lot of the higher up people were like more like the pro firefighter people. Okay. Right. So not knocking that that's like obviously half the department or whatever, but, sure. but it's like the difference was I, I was assigned to a fire truck for roughly a year and a half or something like that. Um, I was a paramedic on the fire truck, but that was my primary assignment for about a year and a half. And I can tell you hands down when you're on a fire apparatus, you sleep a lot more at night than you do EMS. EMS runs calls all night. Not, and know, that goes, I don't care where you are, right. what city you're in, that goes across the board. Because you can be in a city, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jason. Yeah, that was fine. You can be in a city that is a constant, you know, has have the highest percentages of fire, like say in this country or some other country. But the EMS medical 
trauma calls are still going to trump any of the fire calls. That's just the way it works now, especially yeah. since everything's pretty much combined in, in, a, in most places. Yeah, that's just the way it works out. And that's not to say that, I mean, cause, you know, firefighters are great, you know, I mean, but in all honesty, the majority of the call volumes in most departments are EMS based. Well, that, uh, that's why I've always said Am I wrong. No, and that's, I've always said from the beginning, the smart, and this is going to offend some people, but I don't really care. The smartest thing a fire department ever did in the history of fire departments was allow ambulances and medic units eventually down the road, as you know, as the EMS grew, um, to stay in their firehouses. Because, in my opinion, without, without these medic units in the firehouses, some of these departments wouldn't last very long because the funding, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. The, the amount of calls a fire engine runs... They run a lot of auto accidents, obviously. They're going to run your smells and bells, um, and they're going to run, of course, structure fires and, and stuff like that. Now, the amount of structure fires, like in our county, I don't remember the exact, exact, exact statistics, but we'll just say they had one structure fire a month in the entire county. Okay, now cities, obviously, they're older buildings. That's going to be more frequent and higher population and all that other stuff. But where we lived, it might be like a fire a month, maybe two fires a month. And that's in the whole county, so that doesn't mean your firehouse is running two a month. That means in the whole county. So... Um, and that's where the problem we had with some of our supervisors was the ones that were like pro fire guys was some of them were real, real rule sticklers as far as, you know, Hey, you're not supposed to sleep till like they'd come in and we'd be like zonked out on the couch, you know, watching TV at 11 AM or something like that. And they come right. in like, Hey, what are you doing? I, I specifically remember getting pulled out of the room by my officer and he, we did a little lap around the station walking and he reamed me. Um, and by the book, he was correct. I should not have been sleeping and neither should my partner either. Should, neither should my new partner who had no idea, you know, should have known better, but he's just listening to me. So I took the heat for it. But, and I talked to him on the whole thing. I said, look, I'm not doing it to be disrespectful. We run a fuckload of calls here and right. he, we need to be fresh, man. And I understand in your little chief buggy, you're going to go back in, in our, this is all in our County. And this is just my opinion, but in our County, the chief would go back to the pleasure palace, which is like huge admin building. And they had their own like apartment suite down there and stuff like that with bedrooms and huge showers and stuff like that. And a kitchen and all this stuff and a family. Room. I love how you call it the pleasure palace. That's what we call it. But these people, they have no, they don't run call. Like those guys don't run the calls at night that we do. They might, they're going to go out. The only time those chiefs go out on calls, unless they want to go on a call for some reason, which they probably don't at two in the morning is going to be, if it's like a working fire or a big auto accident with a fly out or something like that. Those are the things they're going to be going out for. For the most part, the little medical emergency stuff, the sniffles, the, the frequent flyer stuff, they're not going to go out for any of that stuff. So they get to sleep there the night. The fire truck, and I can attest as someone who did that, um, you're also not as busy. You are busy sometimes. Yes, sometimes when you, like, if you have a working structure fire, I mean, that could be an, become an eight-hour day or a 12-hour day. You just had that one fire. You know? sure. so, so there are, I'm not saying they don't do work. That's not what I'm saying. But you have to have someone, like you said, that's smart brass, that understands like, look, I know this is the policy and I know I, I caught these guys sleeping at 11 a.m. or something like that, but realistically, no harm, no foul. All their stuff they were supposed to have done by this point of the day is done. They're available for calls. It's not like they're sleeping through calls or anything like that. But so most of the chiefs were pretty cool about it. You know, even that one chief that I got caught by, you know, later in my career was like, you'd be like, hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, I'm tired too, man. And then that's all they would say. They went, you know, they, they, they understood, you know, because like, I mean, just, just this article talks about right here, like, again, the same article we were talking about that there's a 40% occurrence for one or more medical errors 
um, and more and more likelihood of a motor vehicle accidents and 36% more serious medical errors compared to working like a 16 hour shift, they said in the study versus a 24. So these are things that happen. We're obviously every call we're driving there. And then of course we're doing medical stuff. So, you know, for me, I'd rather have my people be fresh, you know? So that's why I wanted to comment on that because like you said, if you have a great battalion chief or a, whatever you're, you call it, you know, EMS supervisor, whatever you call it, depending on where you work, that's awesome. But if you have someone who is a firehouse stickler, sometimes they'll be a little more uh, asshole-ish about it, I guess is a nice way to put it. Because <laughs> they don't get it. Because a lot of those guys, they don't give a shit because they don't have to get up for all those calls. You know? And it all comes down to, to safety. I mean, if you look at your own personal family, who would you want responding to your house? Would you want the person who's worn out has gone on zero sleep or do you want the person who's more rested than not? That's true. And that, that's something I always sure. brought up at the fire department too, um, was some days we would do like high intensity fire training. And I always asked them cause other departments and around us would do once a month. Okay. On a schedule. So you knew what day it was going to be. They would hold you over for five, I'm sorry, for four to six hours after your 24 was over. Okay. So you're going to do a, let's say a 30 hour shift that day. Okay. They would pay you overtime for that four or six hours, whatever it was. And then you would go do your training, whatever the fire training would be. And cause fire training is a lot more, it's a lot harder to do because to get all those units out there without being on calls, it's, it's a lot more strategic stuff. So they would do it like that. Those units that you're on that are going to do that training are not in service. So you're not going to get a call. Um, and you could get the training done and it was all done in like four to six hours. Right. The, for the whole month. Whereas our department would do stuff where we would try to squeeze it in anytime we could and they'd get broken up half the time because calls would go out and stuff like that. And like you said, some of the training you would do would be really high intensity. And then I'm then supposed to, the firehouse guy, the fire truck guys are wearing like t-shirts and they can just wear their pants, their fire pants. I'm wearing all this other stuff because I have to look professional when I go into like a, a mm -hmm. house to do a CPR. You know what I mean? I have to like have on the whole getup and and so I was telling him, I was like, well, this is kind of silly because now I'm, now I'm going to be exhausted, but then I have to go do this, but you guys are just going to go back to the firehouse and chill and not run another call for five hours. You know what I mean? And it, it just got, it just, the, some of the, some of the thinking I think is off. And that's, I think what this study is kind of talking about. Cause we both know, um, I'm not going to say him by name. I'm not going to say the person's person by name, but we both had a boss that, um, ran, this was when I did, uh, when I did private ammo stuff that ran units into the ground tired and actually was part of the reason why someone died in a unit for that company, you know? Um, and I'm you just, and I, and I, you I'm, and I were thinking, you and I were thinking, yeah. And I'm going to say, I'm going to put it out there time. because it happened when this person, and I'm not going to name their name. Um, that person was at two different companies. It happened. And, um, it, it's, it's, it's not okay. And again, it's a, a, a chief person, you know, like a authority figure in the department who Correct. again is not out there running these calls in the 24 hour shift and is causing these problems and then just goes, eh. and then of course takes no responsibility for it, you know, and all this other stuff. So it just, it doesn't make any sense. That's my point. So my philosophy is, and, and I don't practice anymore, obviously, but when I was on shift, when I, when we got in there, we checked out the truck, we did our dumb little conference call we had to do on the telephone and which was usually pointless information. And then as far as that went after that, my partner wants to go do whatever he wants to do at the station or he or she wants to do the station. I don't give a fuck. I said, you just be ready to go. You know, and sometimes I would tell my partner, sometimes my partner would, you could tell was getting tired like midday because we, let's say we had a horrible morning of like tons of calls and stuff like that. 
and it's right. like three o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock in the afternoon. You can tell they're getting wiped. I'm like, dude, go to bed. They're like, oh, I'm not supposed to go to bed. If the chief comes, because sometimes the chiefs would do little pop buys every once in a while, very rarely, but they would do it sometimes. I'd be like, I'll take the heat for it. Because I'm justifying it. You need to be up. Because when we are going to the, when we're driving at 3 a.m. to a medical call, I don't have time because I'm looking up information. I'm planning what I'm going to do on the call. I'm gathering things together. Maybe I'm, you know, I don't know, whatever all the different stuff I'm doing on the computer and looking at stuff. I don't have time and I'm giving you directions to where we're going. I don't have time to also watch to make sure you're driving a lot stupidly. You know what I mean? I can't be you too. You know what I mean? So I would tell him, go, go ahead and do it. So, and I know you've experienced that too, where you're just like zoned. I mean, I've had so many calls where I'd come back from calls and like, you're just like in a zone. Like you feel like you're floating outside yourself almost, you know, <laughs> cause you're so fucking tired. But some of the, oh, like with EMS, you get to that point where some of the stuff you can do with your eyes closed, you know? Oh yeah. Back in the day, this is probably going back probably 22 years. One of the things that we would use to stay awake it would actually help was a lot of people know what I'm talking about. It's called ephedrine. Yeah. You know, I remember that. Ephedra. Yep. The, the, back in the day, it like what, what people see as uh, a lot of these, uh, like not to name drop or anything, but it uh, used to be in a product called ripped fuel, you know, like a, it, it used to be, you know, or thermadrine or um, hydroxy cut. Yeah. So I was going to say, I was going to say it was in those uh, weight loss ones too. And I can't remember right. the names of them off the top of my head. Hydroxy cut was it one. Was, there was another big one. I can't remember. It was a, yeah, it was a, it was a stimulant, which I usually would refer to it as it's a mega dose of Sufedrine. Yeah. It's a mega dose of Sudafed. And it worked. I mean, like it, it worked, but where people got into trouble is they would take it the wrong way. Like, for instance, because we would run a lot of cardiac arrests with people that were taking this stuff because they would take it the wrong way, meaning that the way that drug is supposed, especially if you're taking it from a weight loss, because this used to be over-the-counter before it became kind of too dangerous, and it used to be in another one called Stacker. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's what I was... um, Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Stacker. Yeah, Stacker and Stacker 2s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one I was thinking of. And all all these companies are great, in my opinion. You know, know, I'm not downing them by any means because, you know, I... I took them all, but, uh, it would, they, people would take them the wrong way. Like there's a lot of people instead of the way that type of medication is supposed to be taken is in your rest phase of working out, which means if you say finished working out, whether you're weight training, whether you're, you know, you know, cross training, whether you're doing cardio, whatever you take that afterwards in your rest phase to where it continues your metabolism for in that afterburn effect. Right, right. That that's what it's for. But people would make the mistake and like, I'm going to take it as a pre-workout or I'm going to take it before I work out. And that's where they would get into trouble, especially if they were out of shape. They would take that before they worked out and then they'd put more of a load on their heart and cardiovascular. That, I mean, that's, but I took it like that because I was doing it like I would take it almost as like a weight loss supplement. You know what I mean? Because it would well, yeah, with, with that too. And, but you're doing it like you said, I did it the wrong way for sure. You know? Yeah, you take it, and it's like taking it as a weight loss supplement's fine, but it's it's all about when you take it. Right. You take it after your workout to continue that that burning effect. You don't take it before or during your workout. Right, a right. Lot of people would make that mistake. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how many cardiac arrests and strokes I ran back in you know the late nineties because of that reason. It's not that the drug was bad; it's because people were taking it the wrong way, and um, 
Uh, and then before you know it, you know, since they were having all these complications, before you know it, a lot of these companies, it, it wasn't the active ingredient that were in a lot of these these uh, products, yeah. which were good products, you know. And um, but and then some people just had a hypersensitivity to it, you know. I mean, it, it's just one of those types of supplements that you would take, and yeah, you're taking a risk by taking it, but. The safe, if you want to be safe about it, the safe way is you have to take it the right way, and you have to know how to take it. Well, that, that was, was a, that was a that thing. was a big, yeah, that was a big thing we used. To, uh, I didn't mean to get off no, track, you're, you're good. but that was a big thing that we would use to, like, say if I was up for twenty four hours, and I was spent, um, but I was still on shift. Yeah, you bet your ass. I well, would pop think, one of think those it things. too. Well, now nowadays people don't do that stuff as much, but think about it, like. How many, how many cups of coffee do EMS and fire people have on a shift? You know, I mean, we would, we, we got where we work, where I worked. Um, is that a trick question? Huh? Is that a trick question? No, no. I'm just saying like, because now, okay. So, so before ephedra was horrible, right? Right. And they eventually took out the market. It killed people. I remember when I was a kid, it killed like a, I want to say it was a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles died um, from that, but, but in it started getting big news and eventually they pulled it because it was not regulated by a doctor. There's no doctor giving you a prescription because it's OTC over the counter. So people right. could just get it and buy it and fucking have five pills if you want to at a time. Like no one's watching you do it. Um, but nowadays it switched to what, like when I was in the department, it switched to, uh, a, you know, obviously another over the counter sort of drug, you know, caffeine, where people were now doing that with coffee and people are drinking a truckload of coffees a day. You know, because we had like where I worked, we had we had tons of Wawa's in our county, and all the Wawa's gave us free coffee because they love. What is Wawa? It's a gas station with a deli attachment thing. It's delicious. Kind of like well, for people that don't know, like Wawa's, like like Sheets or or uh, here we have Mapco's um, and Valero. Yeah, yeah, those kind of things. Yeah, raceways. Or like back if you're old school, Stuckies. Yeah, yeah, it's those kind of things. But it was really good. (laughs) But it was it was clean. It was really good, and the food was actually because some of those places is like you know bar food basically these places actually yeah. made like really good stuff and it was kind of a, it's like 7-eleven on steroids yeah it kind of they kind of up the game a little bit you know what i mean yeah. um but we always got free coffees because they always loved ems and fire and um police and stuff coming in there so they always gave us all free coffees so we'd go in there whenever you want get a coffee and um and so a lot of guys of course you're going to go in you're going to grab a 20 ounce or 24 ounce or whatever the big cup was i don't remember and you're going to drink your coffee and you can go there like every hour and get one you know so, and, and, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that, but now it's just, the, it's the same kind of thing, you know, like I, I don't think having a, you know, a hundred ounces of coffee a day is necessarily any healthier on your heart, you know? Yeah. But that, that's the thing, man. Um, caffeine, caffeine, just caffeine doesn't affect me. My wife laughs at me all the time. Because because I'm tolerance. Not, oh yeah. I'm, I'm that, <laughs> I'm, I'm that, I'm not, I'm that sick idiot who, uh, We'll go to like I don't know whether it's Panera or Starbucks or you know Pete's wherever it is. We'll be like, I'll just walk up to the counter. It's like, yeah, can I have six shots of espresso? Yeah. Do you want anything in that? I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. Straight up, they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. They're like, awesome. And they're like looking at me like, are you gonna are you gonna survive this? <laughs> you know, but I can drink that and I'll fall asleep in five minutes. Yeah. That's that's. That's, I mean, I, I think 
like you said, I've built up a tolerance over the years, but I, I, I'm not one of those people that drinks coffee for caffeine. I'm one of those sick bastards that drink it for the taste. <laughs> I know li- I like coffee too. I like it for the taste too. Um, like shout out to Nespresso. We have one of those in our house, and that thing's phenomenal. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> I love. Right I now. love Keurig. Don't get me wrong. I love a Keurig, but the, the Nespresso coffee is far superior as far as flavor. Um, for anybody that likes espresso that likes real espresso. If you're looking for, and I'm going to give a plug to Nespresso right now sure. for espresso. If you're looking for real espresso, like stuff you've had in Europe, stuff you've had in Canada, wherever, if you're looking for the real deal, except in a pod machine, yeah, you're not going to find anything better than Nespresso yep. with an N Nespresso. Yeah. They're kind of pricey, but they're freaking worth it. Hey, and I, I just found a, um, I, 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 this is totally off the subject, but totally just found a hack the other day where you can, uh, I bought a kit on Amazon for like 30 bucks and, right. and you and it comes with basically like, um, for aluminum foil stickers for lack of a better term. And you can take the Nespresso pods, you know, use them of course. And then when you're done using them, you know, rip the, take the tin foil off the top, you know, that's, that's right. part of the packaging. Uh, clean it out, obviously. Make sure the edges are good. You get all that tinfoil because there's a lot of, there's an adhesive there. So make sure you get all that off. Clean your pods. And then once you get them cleaned out, let them dry overnight. So they definitely have to be fully dry. Um, and then you can fill them back up with your own coffee, fine grind of whatever coffee you like. And you put this sticker thing on it. It has this like little thing you do and you put the sticker on it. And then it, you use this little gizmo they have and you seal it. Like right. it seals it really tight. And then you just have it and you just pop it in your machine. And then when you're done, you rip that thing off, dump it out, wash it, let it stay out overnight, fill it again, you know? So it's kind of cool. It's like, it's like Keurig has that, um, the, the K cup, fake K cup thing where you can fill it up with whatever you want. And then, yeah. and the old Nespresso had knockoffs. Like they had, you could find the knockoff ones of the original Nespresso, like other companies make kind of like Keurig does like Keurig has, there's other companies that make K cups now, you know? Um, well, with when the- it, and Nespresso is like like you just said, when it comes to Nespresso, the original one, which was just regular before they started doing like the, all the the cappuccino type pods you can get. Now, yeah. But like uh, when they were, it was just straight up espresso. Those just like the, the they look like the little coffee creamer cups that you could get from like Seven Eleven. Yeah, like those the little, are the original. Like, ones. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. The original, they're the best in my opinion. Yeah, those were cool. Um, the new ones now though are like little flying saucer disc things. And they're good too, man. They're, but they're then great. They just offer more of a variety. But they also have, but if you look on the bottom, they have a barcode. There's right. a barcode around the rim on the bottom, and that's what the machine reads. So the machine reads, and that Nespresso, I mean, in, in their defense, they're like genius, a genius company, because they put a barcode in there that they obviously have all the rights to and copyrights on. And that tells the machine how much water to use, how fast to spin the cup, because it, it spins the cup when the water goes in and spins it. And um, so it tells it how fast to spin it, how long to spin it, how long to, to you know, how long to drip the water in, you know, they do it fast, do it slow. It has all that stuff on the barcode. And so you can't just put another, there's no other company couldn't make that because they don't have the bark. They can't use the barcode because it's all copyrighted. But when you take this way, you're still letting it use that old pod information because the barcode's on the bottom. You haven't touched any part of that, you know, right. and the holes, when, when you put the machine down, it, it punctures on the top. It doesn't do anything to the bottom. So then you just refill and do it. It's, it's pretty cool because we tried some cool stuff. My wife got, um, she had a, a like Puerto Rican coffee that she got from somebody at work. It was like, you know, really good stuff. And we hadn't been able to use it because we didn't have a way to make coffee with it. Cause we are, we have a Keurig and an espresso. That's all we have. Cause we don't screw around with the other stuff anymore. 
Um, or we just like the convenience of those. Yeah, things. but bro, you, you gotta you gotta have the old standby, man. You gotta have the best way to make coffee, which is a French oh, press. Our our stand our standby is the Keurig or the Nespresso if one of them breaks. <laughs> That's our standby. It's because you guys you guys are you guys are freaking whores. Well, it's funny. Clones. Well, it's funny because <laughs> no, we had we got a Keurig. I'll, I'll give a shout out. Keurig has like other than Amazon, I'd say they have like the best customer service. Um, but we oh, yeah. we had a Keurig. It broke. They sent us a new one overnighted it to us at no charge. Um. And then since then, this Keurig we've had, it's whatever the 2.0 or I don't remember what it's called, but that thing hasn't broke. And so our thing was when we bought the Nespresso, because we wanted the, everybody talked about Nespresso. I think you told me about it. And so I convinced my wife to get it. We tried it. We really liked the coffee, but we're not just going to throw the Keurig away because we have all this coffee and, or we had all the coffee at the time. And we enjoy that too, because Keurig does have some flavors that are really good that Nespresso doesn't have. So, um, yeah, so, so we kept both machines going. So we just have like, I think we kind of, I think you showed me your setup. I think we have kind of the same setup. So we just have yeah, the exact same going. setup. Yeah. yeah. So it's like perfect. So, if, and I've had times when, um, like our Nespresso machine broke, like it was giving me this weird error co- a color thing. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have a digital screen. It just a, had a color thing. And I went to customer service. They, um, tried to figure out what it was. They, and the, what Nespresso does is they, you ship them your machine back. They ship you a loaner out. Well, they're working on it because it might take them two weeks or something because they're you know obviously busy company and stuff like that. And uh, it was cool, so they just sent us a loaner machine, and then you know, but but for like a day or two while we're waiting for the loaner to get there, we didn't have a coffee maker. Well, we still had the Keurig, and we were good to go. So that's that's why we keep it, you know. Well, in that, you know, even though the both machines that we're talking about are completely not only they do they taste great, but it's all about convenience. Um, still. Best way to make coffee is to grind your own beans and do a French press. That, yeah. That's my favorite. I've never you know, done that. that. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. Because the cool thing about the French press is you can you can take it camping. You know, you can take it. You know, it, it's it's completely portable. You know, it's basically just you know it's a plastic you know you know pitcher type you know mug basically with a press screen and. Uh, it the, the reason why I like that the best is you can make it as strong as you want, and then you're you're keeping that earthiness in there. All the oils are basically still in there. You're you're not really filtering anything out, right? You know, and that to me that's that's my favorite. Yeah, and, I know we and we, we had a couple people in our department that did that. They would have one of those with them on shift, and the, most of our stations had a Keurig. Yeah. You know, it, it, in the two thousands, most stations had that, so you always had that. But a lot of the guys would be like, I don't use that shoot. I'm using this. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I've well, never. No, I've... And before, like, like it's at the station now we have, you know, we used to have like, you know, every fire station, you know, you had that big bun coffee, make, the big yeah. industrial one. Yeah, 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 you know, which, yeah. To me, I fucking love that thing. I, I, I miss it. And as soon as it broke down, I freaking cried, man. I'm not kidding. You know, but uh, we, uh, it, it broke down and that was like a staple in any fire station, any kitchen is that bun, you know, and it, if anybody out there who don't know what I'm talking about, it's like your standard industrial coffee maker that you'd see at like a lot of office places or, you know, or I mean, uh, 7-Elevens used to kind of use them or the Circle K's like a, like a type of it, a type of it was just that industrial style coffee maker. You just pour the water in the top and then it immediately just starts filtering it through. Yeah. But, uh, you know, or goes past the heating element and then starts filtering it through. But, um, after that thing broke down, we just basically have had nothing but curries, which is convenient, but you know, you miss, 
I mean, I, I, I still, I have to switch back and forth. I, you know, I still have to, uh, I can't completely depend on, I, I can't completely be dependent on that. I still have to, you know, cause there's nothing that smells better than grinding your own beans and then making a fresh pot, you know? Yeah. That's pretty funny. You said that. Cause when we, when I got that little hack trick thing, whatever I bought, um, right. I was telling my wife, I was like, yeah, we just have to get like fine ground coffee. And then you, you, you put it in here and you do the thing. Like I told you. And then I said, or, or of course you can buy regular coffee beans and then get a grinder, grind it obviously fine. And then do it that way. And my wife was like, yeah, we don't need another gadget in the kitchen. <laughs> Well, now it's funny you say that because my wife says the same thing. Yeah, yeah she's but, like, "No, it's fine. We'll buy. We'll buy like the Costco fine ground coffee or whatever coffee you want to buy that they have a big bulk sale on, you know, and we'll buy that." And I was like, "All right, fine, whatever." But the big benefit of having machines like that, not only at home but like say at the fire station, is, and you'll know what I'm talking about. And anybody out there listening that's in this line of work or even in the office space will know what I'm talking about. You know, the convenience of these machines, you can make your personal cup of coffee how you want because you always have that person like with the original coffee makers, like the regular drip makers, you know, which I still love. Yeah. Like you would depend on, okay, you're going to make the coffee. Yeah. And you'd always have that one or two people that make the shittiest pot of coffee or it's like. It's like, is there Too any, weak. Did, yeah. you, did you even filter through any beans? It's like, it looks like tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. tastes like shit. Yep. And, and, and they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I thought it was pretty strong. I'm like, are you freaking serious? Like, I, it's like, it tastes like dishwater. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, there's no, and that, that, that's, now that's the benefit of now having the modern conveniences of having a Keurig machine or an espresso machine or a Tosimo machine or whatever it is you have. Yes. It's, you know, you got the pods and you can, you know, make it to your liking, you know, per cup. Yeah. That's, we, so we, the only thing is I will say is it gets to be expensive. A lot of plastic out, you're putting a lot of plastic and metal out in the environment. So make sure, and I don't care what anybody says, put that shit in the recycle bin. Because it is recyclable, you don't have to empty the coffee out first. Just put it in the recycle bin. Yeah, Nespresso has those. Um, we use them at our house. They have those bags you can get. You get them for free when you make. Send them, them back. Yeah, and we do that. We fill up the bags and then send them back. You know, whatever. Well, don't you think if you sent them back though that they'd give you some sort of a kickback? Yeah, I, I gotta know. I, I think we had this discussion before because there you're was a time helping them save money. Well, there was a time and... too when they had. I don't know. I think I told you about this. They had a time when they made pens, Nespresso writing pens, like a pen you write with. And they made yeah. pens and they were making them out of the recycled. Um, I never got one of those. No, no. They, listen, they were doing it. It was on their website and it was like, I think you could buy it or maybe if you bought like 10 sleeves, they give you one for free or something, whatever deal they had going on, or you could buy it, you know, it was 20 bucks or something. But, but I was like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I've sent you, I don't know, let's say 10 bags of pods or whatever, you know, which is a lot, which is a lot. So you should be sending me a free. So that's the only part I just, I mean, I agree with you on is like, when you're saying that's, like, that's like 50 pods. Yeah. Cause you know, those, yeah. you know, they're taking those pods and either melting them down or cleaning them and reusing it. I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but there's, they're, you know, they're not just throwing them away there. You know, I don't think they're just right. recycling them in a recycling plant. I think they're doing something with them, you know, reusing the material in their own company. So yeah, they, I was kind of offended by that. I was like, wait a minute, you can't just send me one. Like you, 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 you there's no way you can make have, it. There's no way you can have a barcode cause they give you those, um, uh, the shipping labels, the pre, pre, uh, prepaid shipping labels on your little recycle bag. So you just take it to UPS and drop it off. But I'm like somewhere in there, you can't have the barcode say this is from Jason. 
and, and again, then it links to my account. Like, Hey, we got your, your one bag of recycle or two bag, whatever. Hey, if you, if you turn in five bags, we'll give you this thing for free. Or you can buy one too, if you want more than one, but we will give you one for free. Like that's what they should be doing. That's the only thing I don't like. And that's the only thing um, that got me going with Nespresso was because like a cure, a cure egg, you can get, I don't know, 25 to 50 cents a, a pod, depending on when you right. buy it and how big a bulk you buy it and stuff like that. And maybe they have a good sale, but Nespresso's Costco rarely go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nespresso's though, not at Costco, not, not the uh, new, not the virtual line. And, and they're never on sale. Very rarely are they on sale. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and it's expensive. It's like a dollar, dollar 10. I think it's a dollar 10 a coffee for those kind. And, and like, uh, we just got a seasonal one this time. We bought a couple of boxes. Those are a dollar 40 each of those pods. So like, it, not that a dollar 40 is going to make or break anybody's bank, but you know, over time, like the, part of the reason you get those Keurig machines or an espresso. So you don't go to Starbucks every day and drop like six bucks <laughs> or 10 bucks or right. 20 bucks, you know? Um, and so it kind of starts. Not, not that we don't, not, not that we don't love Starbucks. Oh, I love Starbucks, but, I'm, but you know, I'm, I remember when Starbucks first came out and you know who I'm talking about, uh, initials DG. Uh, but we were, we were, I was rolling with that guy and we were going to Starbucks when it first hit our area in Virginia. And, um, we were going in there and I was like buying stuff and I was like, Oh, this is really good stuff. And da, da, da. and then it got to the point where, cause we'd go like three or four times a day and, right. I, and I was on a budget, you know what I mean? Um, cause in, in new slash four times a day, that that's easily $20 right there. On yeah. Coffee. Yeah. If not more, you know, and, 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 and as an EMS person, newsflash, uh, we don't, you know, it's not the uh, most lucrative job on the planet. So, you know, I had a budget and I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring 20 bucks to eat cause I'm on a 24. So I'm going to bring 20 bucks for my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or maybe 30 bucks for my break, whatever. Well, when you're spending 25 bucks on coffee <laughs> and you're still not fucking eating any food. Yeah. I got to be like, I was like, look, we go, we can go whenever you want, you know? Uh, but, but you know, I'm only going to get one a day or whatever. Or well, whatever. and the, the one thing about, uh, I'll drink the station coffee, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. But the one thing about the Nespresso brand, I mean, even though we love it, there's, there's really only, at least that I know of, there's only three places you can buy the pods. One, especially if you're in North America, one bed, bath and beyond, um, Two, which is like if, if it's Bed Bath and Beyond, you're getting those twenty dollar twenty percent off coupons in the mail like several days a week. Yeah, that's what that's what you want to use this stuff for. That's unless true. it's uh, you know that's where you really get your, you know Costco or not Costco, um, Bed Bath and Beyond, Bloomingdale's, which I've never bought from there, but that's like one of the first places it sold Nespresso, the device and the stuff if you didn't buy it off the website, or where I buy it from. You know, which you, in my opinion, you'll save the most money, and you know, is besides Bed Bath Beyond, is Amazon. Yeah, you can also get it directly yeah. from their site, obviously, in Espresso. Yeah, yeah. So I always do directly from the site, and then you know, it, it's it's easy, it's done. In fact, I'm gonna do some. I'm making one right now. Hold on, check this out. I do the, I do it online on their site because Amazon is 99 percent of the time the exact same price, if not more, than the Nespresso site. And at least with the Nespresso site, you get like some samples and stuff like that. So. I mean, it is, they, they kind of got it because they did that barcode idea, which whoever thought of that is probably just on a yacht somewhere, but hey, they, they locked it out from everybody else. Jason. Yep. Check this out. Ready? Yep. Listen to this. Can hell you hear yeah. That? Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait for Hold on. Here it comes. Here. I hear it getting all fired up there. There it is. It's making it right now. Yeah, it's good. In, re in real time. 
<laughs> this this is a live demonstration. Yeah, it's it's good. It's stuff. live. <laughs> it's live. No, but uh, and it, it just like we're not trying to overplug it, but you know, for for people that are trying to stay awake. Well, and it goes with our whole a, thing. We talked about sleep deprivation. It's real. It's real in the departments. It's it's something you really have to consider um, for your own health, health, your own safety, and your safety of your partners and your safety of your patients. Because like it talked about in that study, like which is kind of alarming in the study, they were talking about how many the percentages of medical mistakes and stuff like that, and driving mistakes and auto accidents and all this stuff. And that's good. Yeah, that that all this all stuff right. that you know you need to do it. So yeah, coffee becomes the uh, you know, most people's legal way of uh, of dealing with that stuff, or or maybe you know Coca Cola or something like that if you're like a soda person. But but uh, yeah, it's the way to go. See, I'm not. I'm, I don't. I don't. Uh consume that much sugar at all anymore yeah except yeah, yeah. just fruits but uh um but uh yeah i've never been unless i was a kid i, I don't i can't even tell you the last time i had like a regular soda yeah it's so it's so yeah. it's scary too because it's like you you drink a coca-cola because they're like the biggest you know company in the world as far as soda goes and um they have like huge monopoly on the market but but like you take their product coca-cola and everybody likes coca-cola most people anyway or, um, and then you can also take it and like pour it on a battery and like if your terminals get corroded in your car and it'll just eat that shit off, but then you'll also just drink it. <laughs> well, that's no, it's, no, it's, it's, well, that's the cool that it, it's a, it, it's cause it, it'll, it'll, it'll neutralize the acid. That was, that was, or yeah, yeah, I know. But like, you just think about that. You're just like, like, I remember showing my daughter that once we were, I was, you know, teaching her stuff when she was really younger and I was like, yeah, look at this. Like, you see this stuff here on this like a remote control or something like that, where the batteries blew up inside, you know, a little bit. So you pull those out. I was like, oh, we got to clean these off because, you know, it's not going to read the next battery and da-da. So I, and, and then I was showing her, I was like, oh, you got to take Coca-Cola. And I was putting a little Coke on like a napkin and like wiping it. And then I was like, and she's like, whoa, it's gone. I was like, oh yeah. You know? <laughs> and I was like, and but she doesn't drink soda, obviously, but I was just like, she's like, whoa. And I was like, yeah. And think about it. People drink this. This chemical yeah. that eats acid can you drink it. Like how crazy is that? You know? Well, I mean, it's tastes, the but same it thing. is good. I'm not going to say it's Well, you good. can say the same thing about, I mean, the other thing that will do, I mean, baking soda will do the same thing. Right, right, I mean, right, 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 right. It's, uh, it's, it's just, you know, I mean, or you can look at a drug we give, sodium bicarb. Yeah. Do the same, you know, it's, it's an alkali. Right. I mean, I'm not saying I know everything that's in Coca-Cola, but I mean, you know, being someone who used to work in automotive, yeah, Coca-Cola as far as. You know, um, corroded battery terminals started. and stuff. Yeah, they'd use. The, yeah, it didn't even it didn't have to be Coca Cola. It could have been like Pepsi. It could have been RC. It could have been any of them. You know, that just just pouring it on the terminals to kind of neutralize some of that that buildup. Yeah, I mean, it worked well. Yeah. You know, and just like the same, you could use like I said, you could use baking soda to do the same thing as well. You know, and a good way to test that out is like you know what happens when you pour baking soda in you know vinegar. You know, vinegar is an acid, so what what the baking soda is going to try to neutralize that acid. Yeah. So that's why it, that's why it fizzes all up. That's the that's the volcano uh, the science fair thing or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking science fairs. Yeah, no, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Right? <laughs> all right. Well, um, did you have anything else you want to talk about, or you want to wrap this up? Um. I just want to give a shout out to uh, our friends in Australia. Um, I know, especially since the mainstream media is not covering anything, I know Australia is going through a rough time right now. I mean, it's 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 horrible. Some of the things that are not being covered that are going on in that beautiful country slash continent. Um, you know, I 
think it's horrible that's go, what's going on there right now because of this whole pandemic situation and you know how basically people are almost living in a police state in certain parts of the the continent um and i pray for them and i uh, wish them the best and because they're great great people that live in a beautiful beautiful country slash continent and uh, i i hope things get better i really do um and i i'd like to take this moment to uh give a shout out to the uh four listeners in australia that we have because we are a international brand uh here at paramedics unscripted i think we're uh, represented in like 37 countries now or some ridiculous number um, so I want to thank everybody, uh, for continuing to listen to our show and obviously people, everybody, are, yeah. And everybody is like, uh, like we've been blowing up the last couple of weeks and, um, I, obviously people are sharing this information or sharing this show and letting people take a listen to this stuff. So we hope to keep bringing you guys good content, little, little paramedic every time, every something about EMS every time. And then something with a paramedic twist on it every time, just to keep you thinking, you know what I mean? Stay thinking everybody. So that's all well, I got. Hold on a minute. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Wait a minute. I forgot about something. Oh, God. It's going to be your rant. We didn't... We didn't... Uh, we didn't have the, uh, the rant portion of uh, Aramedic. I, I, I was trying to end it quicker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll save that till next time. No, nah, that's, that's good. Whatever you want to do, man. I don't care. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> No, nah, bro, it's, it's okay. We'll let you go and go and sip on a white cloth. Okay. Yeah, hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Get that lime one. Woo. Hey, just just so there's no mistake, we love the hard seltzers out there, so we're not making fun. We no, I, I, I've never had one. Until, I hadn't had one until the week before Thanksgiving, and my wife brought it home, and I was like, oh, shoot, I'll have one. You know, I'll try it. And I tried it. I was like, holy crap, this is really good. I get it now. <laughs> you used to make fun of me. Bitch. Yeah, I know, I know, but I was like, okay, <laughs> these are nice, man, and they go down easy, and like they're not, you know, it just, I don't know, they just taste good. So, but yeah. be careful, people, because even though they're hard seltzer, even though, and they're really clean and they're lower calories, they still have more alcohol in them than your average light beer. Like, say, uh, your twelve ounce Miller Light will have four point five percent per volume. One of these hard seltzers will have like a lot of them will have five. Yeah. So. They're not, you know, they'll sneak up on you. So just be careful. Drink responsibly. Yeah, that's our that's our uh, public service announcement for today on Paramedics Unscripted. You're damn right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, that's been uh, episode number 11. And we'll see you next week on Paramedics Unscripted. Unscripted.